This week's incredulous installment will be on the short side, featuring commentary from comrades Scott, Joe, and myself. We cover another Boston Transit horror story, French election results that will hand control of the National Assembly over to a left-wing coalition, Andrew Yang's new gang of goons desperate for relevancy in the American political landscape, child labor down south finally under scrutiny, the Fed cranking up the heat on citizens and corporations alike, and of course, some outback slams for the road. So Joe, what's like your pre-show routine? How do you get amped up for this shit? I honestly forgot it was, we were doing this until about an hour ago. So, that's your answer, folks. Quite a routine. No. So, so <laughs> what I do in the past hour is I masturbate furiously. The <laughs> So we're going to do a little mini episode because we had a uh, social gathering yesterday and it took up our time uh, and it was quite fun. So we're going to cover some short, some stories in a short little compact episode for you. There's some call them a mini who gives a shit, Joe. Some talk call about, them. Uh, talk about it. So uh, <laughs> I guess I should, we should probably start off with the most obvious one, which is, you know, the tea. Yeah, the tea caught on fire last week. You put the shit Great. in order, and then Joe just like picks wherever. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 trains, the nightmare of the trains. Yeah, the MBTA is like woo. So for context, folks, uh, an orange line train between Sullivan and uh, what was it? Wellington. At Wellington, those two stations sound very similar, and that's why I confuse them. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a fucking the car train lit on fire. A bunch of people had to jump off. It was on a bridge. Uh, one woman actually jumped off the bridge into the... It was Charles River, yes? Or was it the... No, it was the Mystic River. And the fire department was right... Happened to be, like, right there on uh, the Mystic River because they were, like, doing a training exercise. And they tried to help this woman who refused the fire department's help. It's the suburbs of the fire department just happened to be their training. So they tried <laughs> to help her out, and she's like, No, I don't want... I don't want their help. I don't want the T's help. Just going home. Like, she's being very extra about it. Yeah, but Joe, that would be me, too. That would be me. I would also be like, no, I don't want to talk to any of you fuckers. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at swimming. I would probably opt for the river. Cool. Oh, someone sounds like somebody's getting a phone call over there. No, I was supposed to call my sponsee. Oh, no. It's all right. I don't even know what fucking time it is. He's in, like, Thailand. So. Oh. <laughs> do you need to do that? Or yeah, it's fine. It's, okay. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Hopefully the guy hasn't relapsed. Anyways, yeah. Uh, in, in a red line train, like, like rolled out of the station because, like, the, the, the braking system was, like, completely, like, diminished. They are tweeting out, like, the wrong stations and shit. Like, it's just a total chaos. Total. Did you see that? They fucking, what are they, they called the fucking Heinz. They called Heinz Auditorium, like, a week ago. <laughs> 
And it's like, what are you talking? Like, it hasn't been called that since the nineties. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, for perspective, uh, the Orange Line train that caught on fire, the specific car, has been in service with the MBTA since nineteen eighty. Oh wow! Yeah, fuck! Like all of these. Jimmy things Carter was were... still president when that car was started service. Yes, he was. All of those, all of the, like, <laughs> like, like, no, like the, all, like the fucking infrastructure of the of the of the MBTA was only built to last twenty five years, and it was done. The last time they did it was in the eighties, and it's now almost it's based. It's been forty years, so that's just why this is happening. Like when they replaced part of the tracks on the Orange Line in uh, the fall of twenty nineteen, and I had to deal with all the shuttles. The T was for some reason continuously pointed out that the last time that they had replace those tracks was in the summer of 1987. It's like, you're not hmm. making me feel better yeah. by pointing this out. <laughs> could you, instead of advertising this, could you, like, I don't know, fix it? Yeah. And of course, uh, like, Michelle, who is, her approach is to, she wants to shut down the whole tea and fix it all at once, and that's not going to work either. Just, like, the logistics of that one. I don't know how to get around that. Like, everybody just take, you know, a sick day for, like, six months? No. It would take so much longer than six months. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I guess the next thing uh, again. Wait, no, Jesse. What did, what did stop, Jesse? What did you have to say? What were you about to say? If you had anything to say, uh, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had like ten bad ideas. My idea is that they fix the the tracks like a line at a, at a time, which I know that'll take forever. But like, how do you do? How do you fix it without shutting down the city? You know. I agree with Scott's idea of, like, one at a time. I feel like the MBTA is undervalued as contributing to the Boston economy. Most people where I live take it. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You are. No, like, there was that period a couple years ago where they extended the the lines Mm -hmm. to, like, three in the morning. And all of the local restaurants in, like, the North End and, like, throughout... Not just necessarily the North End, but, like, all of these restaurants that were close to the T saw increased revenue saw increased like patronage and and you're right like it the tea has been how important and how vital the tea is to the economy of the city to the city running and to people just getting around so there can be a city it is is entirely underappreciated and it's because like i would say it goes beyond that well it's because people like charlie baker can can like wag a finger and be like well i think it goes beyond like supporting the city's economy it also supports like the whole region because you got the commuter rail okay Yes. When they extended hours of the commuter rail, like, there was less traffic on the highways. Yeah, but most oh, people sure. are commuting into Boston. Most people don't leave Boston on yeah, the that's, commuter yeah. rail. Yeah, unless you're someone like me who, like, dates people from, like, way out of town. Anyways, um, like, no, but, like, it's it's because, like, Charlie Baker has the ability, or any or the governor in general, in the governor's office has the ability to wag their finger and be like, are you sure the people out in Western Mass really want to fucking fund the MBTA? And then that becomes, like, the general attitude in the state. It's just like, well, it's only for Boston, so why do I give a fuck? And then it Which becomes is ironic, fight. because I lived in Western Mass for three years, and everything was around, like, we want a Boston-Springfield connection on the T, so we actually can take the T into Boston. And yet, Charlie Baker, like, people in Boston are like, does Western Mass really want this? Like, yes, yes, they do. So shut up and do it. Yeah, it's like a man. It's a manufacturing consensor to do. Yeah, it's just irritating, and also yeah. because I've seen both ends of it. Let's move on to something else that's irritating, folks. Herpes. Yeah. 
It is. It can be. Just kidding. I was actually thinking we'd go in a positive direction because the rest of the mini-sode is going to be very depressing. I know what I'm recommending then for my slam recommendation. (laughs) Give us some good news. Last month in France is actually very good news. I knew about it at the time, I guess, uh, because there was... It happened around the same time as Roe that it kind of got lost to the shuffle of uh, everything else because it literally happened like either the week before or the week after. Yeah, it's like trying to find a needle in a pile of fetuses. So on June 19th, France held its uh, second round of the legislative election for the National Assembly, which is like their equivalent to Congress. And Macron was hoping to uh, continue his party's success in 2017 and hold on to his... uh, absolute majority, his party ran on the agenda of raising the retirement age, cutting taxes, and also uh, making cuts to the uh, social welfare state. Yay. Yeah, he ran on uh, tax cuts, welfare reform, and raising the retirement age. Gee, it's a surprise he didn't lose by worse. What percentage did he lose? Like His party lost 101 seats. Wow. Fuck. What's his party? Aren't they just like the milquetoast like, Democrats of France? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he, his party lost about a third of their seats. Uh, they went yeah, what's having the party th- called? The uh, party is called Le, Le Republique uh, en Marche, but the electoral like alliance that they belong to is called Ensemble. Oh, God. They, they went into this election holding oh, 346 of the National <laughs> Assembly's 577 seats. They lost 101 seats, so that's about a third. Of course, the French are super fucking weird. It's like, oh, it's a group inside this group. They're called... Blah, 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 no, blah. no, it's because there's a They're bunch called of armlet- I'm going to run in, in a local election in the Boston Symphony Orchestra party, I think. <laughs> but uh, no, it's... An electoral alliance is like a bunch of parties what? grouping together and like a, into a coalition. Yeah, I so know, like, Joe. <laughs> well... I was explaining on the on the off chance a listener might not. Oh, I'm sorry, listener. If you didn't know, uh, <laughs> the one. Uh, <laughs> so the French National Assembly, you need to Is have. Is he still two, president though? Yes. He's president, right. but it's like it's like he lost control of Congress. <laughs> Think of it that way. It's like so, he lost yeah. control of Congress in the midterm. So you need 289 seats in the French National Assembly to uh, have like a majority, like over outright majority control. And because his uh, electoral coalition only got 245 seats, he can no longer like govern outright without uh, yeah. getting minority support. And also yeah. the other big story of the, <sighs> the legislative election is the French left doubles their number of seats in the French parliament. In fact, actually, the French left is now the official leader of the opposition to the Macron government. Yeah, no, that that effectively what it sounds like is that the objective was to, if you couldn't, like, if there was no option of, like, unseating Macron, then you would make his ability to do, to pass his policies incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So this was a success. Like, that's, that's... This was a major success. Yes. That's cool. I like that story. Yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it. And uh, it's like <laughs> the uh, left electoral alliance is called, uh, it's an acronym, uh, NUPS, which stands for the New Ecological and Social People's Union Party. Uh, it is led. Nukes? Like you say it nukes or noose? How do you say it? 
<laughs> Neither. Oops. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, the coalition is led by uh, the leader of the La France Insoumise party, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who is basically like the leader of the French left. Noops is a electoral co- a coalition uh, that is that contains La France Insoumise, the Green Party, uh, the Communist Party, the French Socialist Party. Le French is so nervous. So yeah, it's uh, it's funny because we're talking about the same episode in, in the American Right. Uh, you have like the the right's kind of factionalizing, whereas in France it's the other way around, where the left is finally stopped being so fact heavily factionized and yes. as a result I mean, is actually succeeding. Yeah, what's up with that, <laughs> America? I think it's a good thing in any case when the status quo is it's disruptive. It's not like more people are going to vote if there's a third party in the United States. <laughs> it's it's just that the existing voters are going to be split between more parties. Yes. And you won't be able Another to Another reason I think the French election is a huge success is that, like Jesse was talking about, like the factionalization of the right is also partly what happened. Because, like, so the left became more cohesive and less factionalized, and the right significantly factionalized, like the, the center-right the Republicans... Uh, they lost like 60 seats, which is about half of their seats. Uh, most of their seats were poached by Marine Le Pen's like far yeah. right. Uh, the fascist right in France got more, a little bit more powerful. Yeah, they got, uh, they picked up like 80 seats, mostly picking off Macron's members and also picking off seats from the center right. So they basically picked off like the center and the center right seats for the most part. Sure, this is what you said. You say the right is becoming more divided. What I heard is the fascists are getting more power. That's also true. So, <laughs> I think, I, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but I was a little too tired to explain this on the call, but I would much prefer the neoliberal hegemony fracture into distinct camps because Big Ten capitalism can only make room for fascists, not for communists. And unless tethered to a well-defined working-class party line, politicians are incentivized to pursue policies that benefit the ruling class. A similar argument could be made about one-party socialist states. That being, politicians are going to be incentivized to entrench themselves in the bureaucracy. But that's a far cry from the political landscape in France and in the United States. Now it's basically going to be a food fight. Yeah, because <laughs> there's going to be like the, the strongest element of... French politics are going to be spearheaded by both ends of the spectrum. If you have like the predominating centrist politics, then nothing sh- fucking changes. It just gets a teeny bit worse. And the reason why I say that, yes, sure, the, the fascist right is gaining power, but like the reason I say it's a good thing is this is the first time, this is like one of the first times in the history of the Fifth Republic, which is basically like post World War II, that. The party controlling the presidency in France doesn't also have like outright majority in the National Assembly to basically just be able to rubber stamp whatever the fuck they want to do. It's the first time since when? For how long has it been? Since like post-World War II that like hmm. the center hasn't been able to just rubber stamp whatever it wants to do. Hmm. For decades now, like the party that controls the presidency usually also has like a huge majority in the National Assembly. Old Macron, you fucked that up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, apparently campaigning on wanting to uh, privatize the welfare state, raise the retirement age, cut corporate taxes after he already got rid of the wealth tax 
on the wealthy and also uh, shitting on on workers and uh, organized labor. Apparently, that didn't go well for him. Go retire to fuck some old teachers, you lousy bum. I know. He's only 44, and he's this much of an asshole. Well, I mean, like, assholeness has nothing to do with age, but yeah, he looks a lot older. Yeah, I know. It's like, we're going to have to put up with this this asshole on the, on the world stage being an asshole for that much longer? Maybe not. <laughs> Here's to hoping. Yeah. Dealer's choice, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I'm just kind of bouncing around. I guess because we were we were talking about uh, already talking about the factionalization. I guess we can talk about the uh, the Andrew Yang thing. Yeah, Andrew Yang, so, baby. Meth. The news was broke literally like an hour ago that Andrew Yang and a bunch of Republicans are starting their own party. Oh hell yeah! Called yeah. called the Forward Party. <laughs> It's like the political version of a T-pose. What do you mean a T-pose? What is that? It's like the generic character model for like a video oh, game. Oh, okay. See, I don't play games. I don't either. Oh. I'm going to go sit in the embarrassed corner a little bit. Sorry, guys. Joe, talk about Andrew Yang, though. The Reuters article states that uh, will be initially co-chaired by Andrew Yang and a former governor of New Jersey... And it says dozens of former Republican and Democratic officials, but literally Andrew Yang is the only named person in this article who is not already a Republican. Yeah, to be specific, they name Christine Todd Whitman of New Jersey. They name uh, administration <laughs> officials from the Reagan, Bush Sr., Bush Jr., and Donald Trump administrations. Going as far back as Reagan, baby. They named David Jolly, fucking who former is a Republican Congress- congressman. Congressman from Florida, or well, ex-congressman from Florida, who got uh, who lost his pr- primary in 2016. Who? David Jolly. David Ooh, Jolly. 2016 or 2018, he lost his primary. He's you gotta Florida. have the Jolly man in your. You gotta have a Jolly man in your party. So it basically sounds like they're just going with neocons: Reagan, George H. W. Bush, George W. Bush, Trump. Yeah, it's the imperialist tech bro party. Yeah, basically. Chris Cuomo is already a supporter. The you party which is centrist has no specific <laughs> policies yet. It will Ugh. say at its Thursday launch, quote, how will we solve the big issues facing America? Not left, not right, forward. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. Like Jesus Christ. The only actual policy this, that is prescriptions, like a Simpsons episode. They don't go into detail about any yeah. of the things the two, that they plan two to accomplish. Two pillars of the new party's platform are to, quote, reinvigorate a fair, flourishing economy, and to give Americans more choice in elections, more confidence in a government that works, and more say in our future. So wait, are you guys doing communism or, like, tech fascism? I can't really tell. I'm gonna go with the second one. There's a... (laughs) They do have a couple of specific policy prescriptions, but they basically only solve the problem of having a third party... I also think it's funny that, uh, I guess on Twitter, Democrats are, like, freaking out that this is going to somehow cost them the midterms because somehow this will, these centrists will, like, siphon votes away from them and not the Republicans. I think this is good. There is no left-wing politics in America, so watching the right factionalize is, I just think it's I think the Democrats are just freaking out about this as are pretending to freak out about us as, like, a justification (laughs) for when they shit the bed in the fall. I don't think they're pretending, but yeah, they're freaking out about this. 
maybe you should change your fucking politics if you're afraid that this is going to siphon votes away from people because this yeah, isn't because when when democrats lose it can't be their fault if the democratic party is going to lose out because of this fucking bare bones platform then maybe they should change their own fucking platform Though, unfortunately, if they do, they'll probably swing to the right. There's no more room, dude. It's like they love Econ 101 bullshit. They should know that the market is already saturated, okay? That's why I think the Democrats are pointless. So the Ford Party plans to get party registration ballot access in 30 states by the end of next year. And they want to get on every state by uh, the 2024 cycle. Tell me what this sounds like to you. Individual choice. (laughs) Oh, no. Flourishing economy, open society, and more choices. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like nothing. No, it sounds like the charter school movement. It just sounds like capitalism to me. This is just the only actual ideology that is uniting this party is capitalism. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. So we're going to do capitalism in a country that already has capitalism. Yes. You got to respect it. But tonight I say we must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. <laughs> Thank you. That was like, 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 everybody. I spent most of the like, night trying to... Unironically, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's what this fucking party is. <laughs> <coughs> All right. We say we recovered things a little bit there, boys. Anyways, are we done making fun of Andrew Yang and his uneven math hat? Yes. Oh, my God. By the way, listener, you can still purchase the math hat. He wanted to replace Social Security with the UBI, folks. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. Sorry. You can still get his hat. It's true. I'm just not sure why you'd want to. Because it's fucking cool. Joe, what's your next story? (laughs) So... We're tired and awkward tonight, folks. Sorry. Yeah. I have to say, I've complained about this a lot, but I need to complain about it more. Just for a minute. Every other night, the fucking Monopoly, the private company... Go off. ...that controls our electrical grid has decided to shut down the power in my neighborhood... Sometime after midnight, some unspecific time after midnight to some unspecific time several hours after that, which means every other night I have to wait for the fucking power to come back on, which is usually after the sun comes up, to be able to use my CPAP machine, which allows me to breathe so that I can sleep. So I am just at the mercy of this fucking company that I didn't I didn't elect anybody to this genius board of directors here that literally have the capacity to decide when I get to sleep. And that's that's why I'm fucking tired. Fucking bullshit, yeah. And the the house, they just finished like like rebuilding the house next to me on one side, and now they're gonna start rebuilding the house on the other side, so huh. That sucks. Yeah, I'm dog. tired because my my uh, my workplace refused to let me go home. Not this past Sunday, but the week before, because they couldn't find someone to work the overnight shift, so they forced me to work an extra four hours. So, so. they got a so they got a fourteen year old to do it. And there's yeah, our basically. segue. There's our segue. Yes. Do it. Child labor. 
It's coming back in fashion. It's back in fashion, baby. Child labor. So, honestly, Child labor is back and it's better than ever. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And it was making Uh, me think, it was actually making me think of uh, an episode of Eat the Rich that they did last year. Eat the Rich. This is a reason why I don't quite understand why that show's ending, because yes, they, they did billionaires, but they also did multinational corporations like Cargill, which basically half of all chocolate that's produced uh, comes from like child labor at some point in the supply chain. And uh comes from the Ivory Coast. There's not there's yeah. really not a lot of places you can actually grow cocoa. But the reason that I I saw the similarities is that hmm. uh, Cargill they would always claim that oh it, we're not the ones who are directly doing it it's one of our distributors who are doing it <laughs> and that's what Hyundai is doing in Alabama wait so if like it's one of their distributors so it's it's well actually it's in this case it's a subsidiary <laughs> of Hyundai yeah no but like still that makes it them <laughs> yeah that's I know the point but... I'm trying to make <laughs> that's funny so at a metal stamping plant in Alabama. Operated by Smart Alabama LLC, which is a majority-owned facility by Hyundai, has been employing child laborers as young as 12. And a lot of these children are the children of undocumented migrants who are not in school, even though under Alabama requires under law that Everyone under the age of 17 be enrolled at school and be going to school. But uh, these migrant children are instead working at a metal stamping factory, which is in violation of state and federal labor laws. Metal stamping? Yes. That makes uh, supplies that are used on the assembly line floor to manufacture cars. They stamp the metal down. Which is actually Ooh. a really dangerous thing. Like, yeah. you can... Yeah! That, you can, like... <laughs> lose an arm to that. Yeah. You ever seen The Machinist? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a good fucking movie. Fucking Michael Ironside loses his arm, I think. I think it's Ironside. It doesn't matter. Anyways. <laughs> so, a Reuters review of the of the records that they have obtained shows that Smart has been assessed with at least $48,515 in OSHA penalties since 2013 and was most recently fined earlier this year. OSHA inspections at SMART have been docu- have documented violations, including crush and amputation hazards at the plant. The plant, whose website says it has the capacity to supply parts for up to 400,000 cars a year, has had difficulty retaining labor to keep up with Hyundai's demand. Crush and amputation? And also, yes, also... That, that was the phrase, okay. <laughs> yes, Earlier this year, oh attorneys filed a class action lawsuit against Smart and several staffing firms who helped supply workers with U.S. visas. The lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia on behalf of a group of about 40 Mexican workers alleges some employees hired as engineers were ordered to work menial jobs instead. So how young are these kids? Young as 12. Oh my fucking God. Are these kids getting crushed and amputated? Uh, they're at risk of being crushed and amputated. Based on the la- on the kind of work they're being forced to do, uh, this is also in violation of state state law. <laughs> what a nightmare! Uh, because <laughs> in Alabama, all kids under the age of seventeen have to be enrolled at school. But these kids are not in school; they are potentially getting crushed and amputated at a metal stamping factory. These are not children, folks. They are potential crush and amputation victims. Uh, 
giving a visceral idea to the term human capital. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading reviews right now on the uh, chamberofcommerce.com uh, <laughs> little business directory. And um, <laughs> there's yeah. one, like, okay, yeah. so we got, like, July 31st, 2021. Someone rated four stars and just said, good. <laughs> what? <laughs> Then we got uh, October 13th, 2021, two stars. It's a work environment for me, just making a delivery. Can't speak to the operations of the company. Then we got July 24th, 2022. (laughs) Smart Alabama LLC has multiple children as young as 12 working for them. These children are not in school and are immigrants. This company exploits the young and vulnerable. It's disgusting. One star. One star. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. It's disgusting and horrible, but it still gets a star. Those Americans. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen, like, you know, Americans leave, like, ironic comments on, or, like, uh, reviews on, like, like the, like, Salt Lakes and, like, the middle of the I'm gonna call him. World. I'm gonna call him right now. It's like, oh, I threw my dog into the lake and then it turned into stone. Ah. What is that thing again? (laughs) Lake, Lake, Lake Nitron or something? Lake Mead? No, Lake Mead, the yeah. lake. No. No, Lake Mead's where they're finding human remains. No, I'm not. T- no. <laughs> I'm talking about a salt lake that like has a reputation of like animals turned to stone if they go in it. But that's it's just a myth. It's not true. Yeah, Lake Natron. The alkaline lake in Tan. try again another day it's probably that like convoluted so that like they don't get calls they're just like stop you know leave the, leave them kids alone hey what company is it smart alabama llc oh and they are a majority owned subsidiary of hyundai hyundai damn it because i don't know for some reason hey buick leave those kids alone just like that popped in my head and i would have sounded better but hey hyundai leave them kids alone do 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 no <laughs> Go back to the embarrassment corner again. I guess talk about the fucking Fed, Joe. Jesus. Talk about the Fed. Talk about that Fed so we can go home. Or I guess I am home so I can go to bed. <laughs> I'm not going to go to bed for a while. Another day. The, the Fed raised interest rates another 0.75% uh, again, uh, which is going to make credit card debt more expensive to take out. Can we more expensive uh, the financing of like trying to borrow money to buy a house buy a car yeah. credit card debt uh all of that's going to become more expensive well uh yeah debt spending limit debt is going to be even more expensive and they're doing this to try to reduce demand even though this is really a supply issue it's a combination of supply chain crisis and corporate price gouging in general you know capitalistic greed but yeah, making life more difficult for everyone else is apparently the solution. Because God forbid, companies have bad profit margins or bad earnings reports for this quarter. Can I? I need to ask like a big dumb question. Go ahead. 
Do do we like what is actually happening? Like what is actually causing the supply chain shortage crisis? Is it the people who died from COVID? Is it that like like we're not making as many resources? Like what's going on? Like what is actually no, it's going actually on? Uh, peak neoliberalism of uh, what is known as like just in time. This is actually because oh. supply chains have. Re- in pursuit of profits have cut out like over the past 20 years have cut out basically Wait. all of the redundancies and reserve supply of products. Is this like the fucking like from like farm to shelf type logic shit? Yeah. Is it like that? type? Okay. Which is like, yeah, dude, there were stories about this. That, like, like when, when whole foods went to that model, like the workers were like so overworked and things went bad, like almost immediately. It's a combination of like those redundancies like, were there for a reason. For fuck's sake, like okay, okay. now I understand what happened. So it's bad policy making, okay, because of greed and because okay, yeah, I totally understand this now. Okay, also these companies just haven't had they got rid of the reserve supplies because like there's no profits to be made there. Mm-hmm. Trying to like cut down overhead to achieve maximum profit in the short term, even if there's like oh, in a pinch in past decades, in a pinch like. How many people dip into the supply and use those to send out, you know, send out those reserve products, like sitting in reserves in case it was like uh, something got caught. Now got caught in like the the supply chain system, but everyone switched to like just in time shipping and that kind of shit. So like there is no reserve. So now everyone's kind of fucked. This is a supply problem and they're treating it like it's a demand problem, which is just going to make things worse. This is the like the fourth time they've raised rates, uh, interest rates this year. This year? Yeah. Motherfucker. Each time they raise rates, that definitely increases the uh, the likelihood that this will cause tip the economy into a full blown recession because huh. reducing demand for things so like homes, there. cars, credit card loans, like because this affects loans for basically every kind of financial transaction. Yeah. So greater barriers level. to entry for new businesses for education and the bigger threat that i don't that most people don't see as to why raising interest rates would be a bad thing is remember how i talked about zombie corporations a while ago yes i think the thing that's most likely going to be caught most likely to cause a recession at this point with these increased interest rate hikes is zombie corporations they're gonna come to life their ability to survive (laughs) does not depend on profits it depends on their ability to secure financing for more loans so that they can keep paying down the interest on the loans they already have but can't afford to pay down. So a lot of these companies are not going to be able to survive if the cost of borrowing more money goes up. So a lot of companies... It it depends. It depends on if they get bailouts. I am cynical enough to be willing to bet that most of them survive because they get bailouts. That's what happened in 2008. Yes. Well, I said a lot of companies. I didn't say all of them. A lot. I do agree with you that the decent-sized chunk of them will be bailed up, but there's also probably going to be a number of them that don't make it. Or they'll just merge. They'll come to life and eat our faces. Dying companies are going to be like prime real estate for, you know, if there's a duopoly in an industry, it's just going to become a monopoly. Yeah, no, I can, that'll, yeah. One big company that's still so hopelessly in debt that neither of them actually are solvent. It'll be a nuanced yet devastating. No, Joe, it's called being too big to fail. It'll be a nuanced. Also, what's really funny? Speaking of too big to fail, uh, I don't know if this was reported, but J.P. Diamond is the the CEO of J.P. Morgan. 
it is pissed that uh, we have financial regulations at all because JP Morgan failed its uh, stress test <laughs> that is mandated before uh, large financial institutions on an annual basis at post-2008 to ensure that the major finance institutions won't collapse in another, like, break the fire alarm kind of situation, uh, break the glass on the fire alarm. The guy so, was like, literally saying this is unfair, but he, he fucking dressed it up to the point where it sounded like it was a critique of the intellectual qualifications of the legislators. What's even more funny, though, is that, like, he's complaining about, like, how his bank failed, even though, for, like, the past seven or eight years, the stress tests have actually, like, become easier and easier to pass, as a lot of, like, the actual, like, teeth in those regulations have been stripped out by, like, industry executives who are, like, going through the revolving door as lobbyists. So, like, you fail the test where you where the answers are pretty much already given to you beforehand. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Like, you you got to be doing pretty badly to fail a test where the teacher literally puts the answers on the whiteboard and then leaves the room. They love their money over there at J.P. Morgan. Chase. Part of why they've done so badly is because J.P. Morgan, he went bi- really, really went big on, like, crypto and the metaverse. And as a result, J.P. Morgan has lost, like, tens of billions of dollars. See, how do you know these things? Like, this is what I want to know. This is These are the questions that I have about big banks. What do they fucking invest in? Because it's kind of an open secret, but it's like I want to see the data, you know? They invest in blood sports and uh, adrenochrome, uh, child pornography. I'm just, I don't know. They do invest in war to a degree, though. Weapons, drug manufacturing, cartels, such as those. No, nothing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they invest in all that kind of shit, but like... Those kind of bets are hedged or, like, hidden behind, like, a shell company. Yeah, I'm just pondering, like, the idea of, (laughs) like, top-level J.P. Morgan execs being like, yeah, the metaverse is going to be the fucking future. Yeah, they put out that video today of uh, Zuck and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson in the metaverse, like, looking at the recent uh, pictures from from the Hubble. It just made the whole fucking thing seem so lame. It's like, space is supposed to be cool. God, like, that picture is, like, cool and kind of inspiring. And then, like, you see, like, the fucking, like, these fucking, like, goddamn, like, Playmobil fucking versions of Zuckerberg and goddamn Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, talking about it. And it's just like, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, I, I don't understand how these people with, like, unlimited money... Think of the corniest shit. They can't even hire somebody else to be creative for them. Yeah, exactly. They just think of the corniest shit. Fucking Elon Musk with his stupid tunnel that's one car at a time. Yeah, Elon Musk is like proof that like smart people, I mean, rich people are not terribly smart. And then if you want to go to Walmart, you gotta like do it in the video game. And then like a car comes and like drops (laughs) up to fucking like groceries anyway. So why didn't you just fucking go yourself? Lazy pieces (laughs) of shit. Like, God damn it. You know? What the fuck? Anyways. <laughs> I love this. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's wrap up this fucking episode in a bow. My name is Scott. Is that okay, folks? Yeah, I just did. I want to do say positive. One positive thing is that the mental health working group, we played Drawception in person. It was fun as fuck. Also, the, the, who was arrested exactly? Was it, was it actually Rod and Lauren? No, it was, um, it was the Nazi. No, but who is... No, but, like, weren't a couple anti-fascists also arrested? 
Anyways, there was the whole thing, and they they were dropped. The charges were dropped against the anti-fascists. So, yeah. Oh that's wait, also wait, positive. wait, wait, wait. Yes, you're yes. right. Yes, I think I think they were detained and then let go. I don't think they actually got charged. Well, hell yeah. I can hell ask. yeah. And and that fucking what what's his name? Like Chris Smith or some shit. He has like some generic ass name. What is this? He got arrested. Local fascist got arrested. Tim Ryan, what's his name? I really can't remember. <laughs> the congressman from Ohio? No, I don't know. I'm just, anyways. Chris Hood, what's going on? Come on, Chris, tell me what happened. What'd you do? Do me a favor, on the sidewalk. All right, Nazi cuts. He just has to get booked, fingerprinted. Oh, I'm the one who does the outro. My name is Scott, sweaty wife. I actually got some inspiration to maybe make some music again last night, Jesse. I was going to message you, but I didn't want to, like, you know, anyways. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> uh, sorry we're all annoyed today, folks. Uh, I'm just too tired to, to be... We're over it. We're all yeah. over too it. Too tired we're to all exist. Over it. We're just doing this for you guys, because yeah. we love you. We love you. I'm sweaty wife. You follow we me. We hate ourselves, if, if you do. we love you. <laughs> Joe, where are you? JLB96. Close. You got most of the letters, right? Uh, I am Joe. Existing is tiring. Very exhausting. You can find me on Twitter at JLFB96 and on Instagram at JLFB1996. Hold on one second. Lauren just verified Rod did get arrested. Go back and listen to our interview with those fine folks. It was a fun time. And he's Jesse. And I'm Jesse. Jesse. You can find... I remember Jesse, I remember Joe, sorry. <laughs> My music on soundcloud.com slash contingenceboston, C-O-N-T-I-N-G-E-N-C-E, Boston. Remember to hit up comrade-rosie.org. Select that Getting Involved tab. Choose one or more mutual aid groups to donate your time, labor, and or money to because people really need your help right now. And I do have a slam recommendation this evening... That slam recommendation is an album entitled Misery. The band is disentombed. Disentomb. They're from fucking Australia. Slams down under. And uh, I guess we're all just too tired to I am vaguely familiar with this entombed. I didn't know I was muted. That's literally what it was to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're we're all too tired. Yeah, you got you got your Aussie your Aussie slams. You get you get a kind you get a little Joey. Joey's gonna like the Aussie slams. I can't do of an accent at all. Listen to him is incredibly talented. The music <laughs> is like beyond kangaroos. Normal. They call him Joey's. So cute. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I stand disentombed. Hell yeah. Yep. Disentombed.
No. Flushing this episode down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, go to comrade-rosie.org, get involved, hit that tab, do those things. As just said, go to patreon.com slash You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I should upload the last episode on YouTube. I was meaning to do that earlier, and I didn't get around to it. My apologies, folks. Anyways, and then, you know, what we say every week, Jesse will hopefully edit in the clip of all of us saying, but tank dough. Yeah, but it was just us. It was just me, you, and Joe saying it. So we can just say it again. Wasn't Drew there? He didn't say it, though. He was silent. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's true. Drew, what the fuck? Anyways. (laughs) (sighs) But tank dough. But tank dough. At least I said it. But tank dough. Sorry. My brain is fired. Wonderful, folks. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? That's the epoch. Oh, my God. Put a couple farts on it, and then do a fart. Yeah, do a fart. There. <laughs> Notification one. <laughs> Hello, who's this, Mister Fart? Nice to see you. Farting in the farting with the crickets. <laughs> oh, it just keeps going. It's a loop. Yeah. Okay. All right. All yeah. right. I th- that's it. This episode is going to be a weak one. Weak sauce. <laughs> okay. I'm an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Love you. Uh, love you guys. Good night, comrades. All right. Yeah. Bye.